Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Oh my goodness, I still can't believe what happened. We've got the craziest final minute in NFL history covered from every angle. Plus, the rest of the playoff picture. Plus, everyone in the NBA is hurt. Hembo is back. The guys are here. Rex is ready to roll. And my screen is turned back on. I got it here. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. It's like anything else. Do you, do you want to be running the Hail Mary play from the 50-yard line, or do you want to be running five verticals from the 25-yard line? It's the right decision. We shouldn't have had any problem getting the ball spotted there. They'll just, that's, that's the point you're looking for. As God is my witness, I still can't believe it happened. I am sitting here. We are however many hours this is at what that end about. 8 o'clock last night, Eastern time. So we're 14 hours after this game ended. And Rex Ryan... I still can't believe oh. the way that game ended. No, I can't either. And, and as a fan of football, it's like, I mean, oh my gosh, this actually happened. It, it is. Let's go straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Uh, I want to cover a lot of the ground that we covered on Get Up this morning so well because th- that is the kind of play you're going to talk about forever. Based on all of the circumstances and everything else, and, and if indeed it leads to the firing of the coach in Dallas, which I think is very much on the table, and even if it doesn't. That is the kind of play that will live forever. So, Rex, let's start with this. When it was done, Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott, both in no uncertain terms, suggested that the officials got something wrong at the end. Did they? Absolutely not. The officials were the ones that were prepared for the situation. They did their job, uh, I mean, really to a T. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't the officials. It was your lack of execution. Yeah, that's it. So let's go through that. I, I don't know why I never thought of it, but it came up on the fake punt play where they then in very sloppy fashion ran the punt team off and ran the offense on and they weren't able to get the ball snapped because the official has to touch the ball. That's what Romo said on TV. The official has to touch it. But of course, if you think about it, the official doesn't have to touch it. No. He has to spot it and that's what it's about. Well, that's exactly right. He has to spot the football and, and you mentioned that punt situation. The defense has a chance to get lined up. So that's why that thing went went you know went went crazy right but at the end of the game look just give the ball to the official it's real easy give the football to the official don't sit back and 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 put the ball down yourself he needs to spot the football and that's all you needed to do so again rex in studio with the straight talk brought to you by straight talk wireless no contract no compromise so many things have to go wrong for a game to end there it starts with the time left on the clock. Why do you have an issue with it at 14 seconds to play in the game? Yeah, uh, here's why. Because now I, I can't get tackled. They're playing sideline defense. So, in other words, they're going to tackle you inbounds. You can't get physically set up and spike the football unless you have 16 seconds. 
That's what I've always learned for the 30 years I've coached. And here it gets down to 14 seconds. So what's your adjustment that you have to make? Number one, give the ball to the official. He spots the football. The other thing you do is have your play already set. You don't have time to spike the football. And that was two critical mistakes that they made. That's another key one that I had not thought of until you guys said it. Both you and Orlowski said the same thing this morning. That with that little time left, they shouldn't have been running up there to spike it. They should have been running up there to run the final play. No, absolutely. Because you just what you have to have is get the ball uh, snapped and gives you an opportunity to throw it. If you spike it, that's going to take at least two seconds to get the football down, spike the football, it's two seconds off the clock, you never had it. And, and so, so many mistakes wind up in there. We're going to be on this all morning long. It's Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Call or click today. It is certainly not fair to judge a coach on one bad play. But I think that what we must underline coming out of this game is that it was not about one play. No. The Cowboys didn't look ready. If not for the traditional Jimmy G terrible interception, they get blown out in that game yesterday. They have 14 penalties. They are the only team in the NFL who had 14 accepted penalties in a game twice. It comes up in the worst possible moment. So all the things that we tend typically to ascribe to coaching went terribly for Dallas yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. And look, if it was... This was just the, the one game. You had mentioned another time they had 14 uh, penalties and things. Look, since McCarthy's been there, they've had more penalties than any team in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. So that's certainly something that, that you can look at and blame on coaching if you want to. But to me, I look at it this way. You need to have your team prepared because one of the things are, is motivation. Is your team popping out of their skin ready to go? They should be. You're playing at home in the playoffs. Did that team look like they were popping out of their skin to play? I would say no. All right, clock management certainly is an issue, and it's been an issue for the entire season, not just in this situation. No, look, how many times this year did I say on this show or on Get Up the words, well, it didn't cost them the game yesterday, but imagine if it should wind up costing them in the playoffs. Never having... I would never have dreamt that something this blatant would happen. And so what is your sense? I, I, I Look, I know you're a coach at, yeah. at, at heart. You're not, you don't want to see guys no, get of course fired. Not. You know what that's like. You've lived it. Right. But at the end of the day, that is the business that you guys have chosen. What do you expect to happen in Dallas? Well, first off, Greeny, I think expectations were much higher for this football team. You heard the owner himself last week came out and said, Super Bowl or bust. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't meet expectations as a coach, I got fired being 500, 8 and 8, I got fired. My dad got fired after going three straight years to the playoffs, all right, mm-hmm. if with at least 10 wins. So I don't want to hear about what's fair, all this kind of stuff. This is the National Football League, all right? Jer- Jerry Jones has, let's look at his history. He fired Jimmy Johnson, yeah. all right, who was, is coming off like Super Bowls and all that back type to of back stuff. Back-to-back Super Bowls, yeah. All right. Th- there, was, there was a lot of personality stuff there, but yes. But, but still, this man has fired guys before for, for being way more successful than you were as a coach. So I think the other thing is, too, Jerry Jones likes to hire people from inside the building. Kellen Moore is a guy that he, this is homegrown. Mm-hmm. We've seen how he handles homegrown talent before. Jason Garrett never let out the building. Eventually, he gives the, the job to him. Now, I'm not saying Kellen Moore is ready or he's not ready. 
But that's certainly a possibility. Dan Quinn's a possibility here. Yeah, Dan Quinn, when we had Ed Werder on, and I'll have Ed on this show in an hour um, to get all the insight into the situation there in Dallas. But when we had him on TV this morning, for all the, our conversation about Kellen Moore, and, and I think that that's a good uh, right. way to think, Ed, who's very close to the situation, suggested it is the, the likely pending departure of Dan Quinn that might actually motivate Jerry. Yeah, which is, which is strange to me because the, the, the Cowboy defense was ranked 19th in the league. All right, Kellen Moore's had this offense ranked number one like three, four years in a row. Right. So to me, I think that's it. And Ed Warder had a great point also when he said they let Sean Payton walk out of this building mm-hmm. before. Does he look at Kellen Moore, Jerry Jones I'm speaking of, does he look at Kellen Moore as a potential Sean Payton-type coach? We are going to be all over that play and that game all day here on uh, this program. Uh, but right now, I want to give you a chance to comment on a few other things here. So we'll make this Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Just over the course of the weekend, you have said this before, but I saw it in your notes. Coming off of a, spe- a spectacular first playoff performance, who does Joe Burrow remind you of? He reminds me of Tom Brady, and I mentioned that earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. I mentioned it. His mannerism, but his leadership and in the biggest moments, this guy is the calmest, and he's got just a hired killer mentality, and that's what he reminds me of, of, of Tom Brady. And, and look, he's going to make his own tracks in the league. It's going to be, we're going to be, you know, 10 years from now, we're going to say, this guy's the next Joe Burrow. I think this guy's got what it takes to win multiple championships. And, and yeah, get used to that team because they're young and talented and good, and the quarterback is great. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Then to the Saturday night game. You have, for as long as this has been a topic of conversation, been on the Josh Allen train. And, boy, it never looked better than it looked on Saturday night. Yeah, gosh, man. I mean, every time I see him, I'm like, boy, I was smart. What did I see that others didn't? Well, I saw a guy with an unlimited ceiling. Well, here's the thing, Greeny. He's reached that ceiling. Brian Dayball gets certainly deserves some of that credit. But mm-hmm. this is a young man that you come into this league, it's a size-speed league. This guy has got a cannon, a bazooka for an arm, if you will, okay? And he's physically, he's huge, and he's athletic, and all we saw him get is better and better and better and better, all right? He's not a guy who comes in short and slow, like another guy drafted, maybe first overall, that has very, I mean, his his ceiling is short. This guy's got a 30-foot ceiling, and he's reaching it. That, that, that to make clear what he's talking about, Baker Mayfield yes. went first in that draft to Cleveland. Sam Darnold went third in that yep. draft to the Jets. Josh Allen was the third quarterback taken in the first round that year, and uh, subsequently um, the, the kid from UCLA, uh, Josh, Josh Rosen. Rosen, and then Lamar Jackson goes at the right. end of the first round. Obviously, he's turned out to be a great player, but one way or another, Josh Allen. In that same game, you have been – especially at the time of year where people were comparing Mac Jones to Tom Brady. Right. You have highly questioned that. Now that yeah. his rookie season is over, what's the assessment? Well, when I said that he would struggle, I flat out said early in the year in September that uh, just wait till December and January comes around and let's see a guy that lacks arm talent. Let's see how he does in December and January because he – and I, I said a pea shooter at mm-hmm. the time, mm-hmm. okay – but I wanted to illustrate my point. This is not the NFL arm, okay? The NFL arm is what you saw on the other side. The weather doesn't affect them. When you get to December, the ball feels heavier 
and it doesn't spin the same way if you don't have a great arm. That's what we saw. Well, how am I backing it up? Well, they lost four out of the last five games. Yeah. This kid needs to get stronger. He needs to get in the weight room and not develop the upper body, but he needs to develop his legs. That's where he's going to develop power and throwing the football down the field. I love the guy. I think he's smart. He throws the ball on time, and he's, and he's fairly accurate with the football. But I knew, I hate to say I told you so, but I told you I so. love it when you say I told you so, so yes, don't ever do. apologize for that. One last one quickly. We talked about how the 49ers were a bad matchup for the Cowboys. <laughs> right. They are. We then subsequently made the point, they're a bad matchup for everybody. So if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're watching that game yesterday, when it ends, how do you feel? Oh, boy. This is the one you really don't want. Now, look, Aaron Rodgers got a ton of talent. You know, he feels great. That team's awesome. Um, the thing that he's hoping for is that Bosa can't play and Fred Warner can't play. Because if they can play, I have a feeling Green Bay's in trouble here. This matchup that we talk about is not just that San Francisco is so physical on offense that they can run the ball, and you certainly don't want to see that uh, Green Bay. That's the question about your football team. But offensively, it's a bad matchup as well. Schematically, it's a bad matchup against Aaron Rodgers, and and it's good for for the Niners. So to me, they're not going to let Devontae Adams ruin a day. They're going to have two guys on him almost the whole game. We'll see. That's a Saturday night game at Lambeau Field in January. You know it's going to be unbelievably cold. And to your point, Nick Bosa, who I think is the best player on that defense, right? right? We'll see. You saw that play. I don't know for sure that it was a concussion. Clearly, it was a head injury, and he didn't return to the game. We'll see if he's able to go on Saturday night. Rex, I so appreciate this. Thank you very much for sticking around. Oh, my pleasure. Safe travels. We will see you later. Hey, did you know that several industries are projected to grow this year? If you own a business in one of those growing industries and need to hire, go to ZipRecruiter. They find qualified candidates for your job fast. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Do not miss Stephen A. Smith and Michael Irvin on the crazy finish. Next, this is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Did I tell you? Oh, yeah, long. Well, everybody was raving about those boys at Big D. What did your boy Stephen A. say? They ain't going to even win a playoff game. And sure enough, they cried like a cheap tent. How about the Cowboys? <laughs> he never lets you down. 
He never lets you down. I was expecting that as we welcome you into the conversation today. I welcome my main man, hashtag Hembo Back, who was out last week on the he was on the illness list, right? Are we, uh, we comfortable yeah, with that? Yeah, he was on sure. the COVID list, as, as I had been the week before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are together here now, all of us, the assembled members of the hashtag crew, and you will hear from everyone, including Bubba, in a moment. But I wanted you to hear from Michael Irvin. The only person more upset than Bubba yesterday was Michael <laughs> Irvin. Um, and so I asked Nuno to screen the, the opening minutes of First Take. So this is brand new. This was Michael Irvin, the playmaker, the legendary former Cowboy, on first take on ESPN just a few minutes ago. The stars have to show up or you have no chance at winning a game. I can't expect Schultz to win a game for me. I can't expect Cedric Wilson to win a game for me. Noah Brown to win a game for me. I need Dak Prescott to show up. I need Ezekiel Elliott to show up. I need C.D. Lamb to show up. I need Tony Pollard to show up. Dak, 254 yards, uh, a 1T, 1 interception, 69 passer rating. Zeke, 31 rushing yards. Tony Pollard had 14 rushing yards. And C.D. Lamb had one reception for 21 yards. If your stars don't show up, you don't have a chance. And those guys did not show up in that big moment. So that's Michael Irvin on first take just a few moments ago, and we'll get some Stephen A. sound bites for you as well. The, the sound bite we just played you there, of course, was him legendarily on social media doing his traditional Stephen A. laugh uh, last night. In the meantime, as we bring the hashtag crew in here, you know, yes, they didn't get anything out of Zeke, and they didn't run the ball at all, and and Dak did not play well. But I think the the overwhelming takeaway I have on the game, and it's almost impossible to just talk about the game because the ending is so extraordinary that it everything else is swallowed up in its wake. But the reason all those things happened is I thought their offensive line got dominated in that game yesterday. That great 49er front, and, and, and Nick Bosa only played half the game. He got knocked out. With, I hope it's not a concussion. Um, we, it was a head injury. I've not heard yet officially that it's a concussion. I hope he gets to play on Saturday night against the Packers because I'm just looking for a great game. But I thought that the 49er defense dominated that game. And that game is 23-7, to and it's going to stay that way. And Jimmy G throws the traditional terrible interception that allows Dallas back in the game. They're never getting back in that game otherwise. I thought San Francisco's defense dominated, and they did it for the most part without Nick Bosa, and then they lose the linebacker, Fred Warner, those are probably the two best players on their defense. So um, that, to me, is the difference in it. But let's get the guys in here. Let's get the members of the hashtag crew. And let's start with Nuno. Nuno, of course, I follow you on Twitter. And you suggested that yesterday, while there might have been a little, a few beverages involved, yesterday was for you a delightful day. It was. Greeny, how are you? Because we know how the rest of these guys are, right? So, <laughs> I'm okay. Okay, that's good. It was... It was beautiful, right? Because we start off at 1 o'clock, uh, a couple of things. One, we see the angst in Troy Aikman, how upset he was that he didn't get to call uh, yesterday's uh, Cowboy game, right? Um, then the Eagles showed that they don't have a quarterback that can that is their long-term answer. So that was great. And then we get to the Cowboys. And the best part of it is just the way they lost. It's one thing if they lose that game you're saying 23-7 and it's just like they got blown out and so forth. It's just the mental errors, the constant like 
Mike McCarthy looking dumbfounded on the sideline. <laughs> it was just beautiful for the for the for everyone except for Cowboy fans. But it was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. What was on the menu yesterday? I, I noticed in your tweet you suggested that it that uh, it was the best day of your sports year, which might have been the alcohol yeah. talking. What 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 exactly was Nuno enjoying yesterday? Watching your hated there, there, members there, of the there, NFC there, East there, go there, down. There, there might have been a few Stellas. Uh, you know, throughout the that game yesterday, Good choice. So, I like yeah, that. So you know, and uh, by a few, you mean how many? Uh, probably like a half dozen. Okay, um, that's, a, that's a respectable. Twice a few. That's a, res- <laughs> that's twice, a respectable twice job. A, twice a few. Yeah, like so, just relaxed and watched the game and uh, enjoyed it. Okay, so we will ease our way into this. We'll start with Hembo, who is the Eagle fan, and I have to believe you knew going in what you were getting into yesterday. What is your primary takeaway from yesterday's NFL action, Hembo? Even so, the Eagles humiliated themselves in that game yesterday. The moment was just too big for the head coach, for the rookie head coach. The moment was too big for the, for the second-year quarterback that I had gotten behind. I mean, this team was trailing 31 nothing after the third quarter. I mean, the game was so bad, as Nuno said, that they gave Troy Aikman the opportunity on the broadcast <laughs> to complain he was doing it and not the Cowboys game. We reached a point where Fox just started unloading all of their graphics packages and stuff, like running clock style. It, w- it, was, it was embarrassing because I convinced myself and thus others around me that they stood at least a chance in this game. But what it did do is sort of invalidate the second half of their season, which was so great, and then it creates a, a really cloudy offseason centered on Jalen Hurts. Did you convince yourself that they had a chance to make it a game or that they had a chance to win? I, had, I convinced myself that they could make it a game. Okay. I did not pick them to win the game. That's reasonable. But they I didn't mean, even play a game. If you had convinced yourself that they could win, again, I didn't really see you all of last week. We chatted every now and again. Mm-hmm. Um, that I would have pushed back on hard. I thought they had a chance to make it a game, and they had chances during the game to make it a game. <laughs> Jalen Rager, how do you keep him on your team? Jalen Rager, just for reasons known only to him, doesn't call a fair catch. So the reason that he muffs that punt mm-hmm. is because he's afraid of getting hit. Right. Which, if only there was a mechanism by which a guy can catch a punt and assure himself he's not going to get hit. For some reason, he doesn't call a fair catch, so he's kind of, uh, and And I thought Aikman let him off the hook, saying, well, yeah, the wind is the, wind had nothing to do with it. <laughs> he was backing up. He was actually moving backwards to avoid getting hit because he didn't call a fair catch. Jalen Rager has cost you more games. <laughs> Mike, how do you how do you deal with that? Uh, it's, it's impossible. Not only is just, Justin Jefferson so great, but Jalen Rager might be like the worst player in the NFL relative to what they ask him to do. Yeah. Like they ask him to do stuff. He's not just like a gunner. He's catching kicks or not not well. They throw the ball to him on offense sometimes. He he is he is painful to watch. It makes me ill. Yeah, that was awful. Ugh. And then the interception that Hurts throws right at the end of the half, like he's an inch away. Like like that it's the, the defensive back falls mm-hmm. down and Hurts if he gets it there, like they that's that's good. that could have made it a game. But a Jaylen, little bit of a game. Yeah, but that's the story of Jalen Hurts this season. A lot of those throws, he's just half a second late and in the NFL you don't have an extra half second. That cost right. him. That would have been a 17-7 game when the Eagles defense was playing well, but once he threw that pass, they had almost no chance in the second that's half. That's when it was over. Yeah. yeah. All right. And and so I will save the best for last. Try the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless with nationwide 5G on America's best networks, Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. That brings us to hashtag Bubba, who many of you probably do know this, but is not only a legendary radio producer, but is the biggest Cowboys fan I know. 
and um, at, at once went a stretch of 35 consecutive days this season wearing a Cowboys jersey because they had won all those games in a row. We talked about sending him to the Super Bowl this year if indeed <laughs> they got there. And, and, and so, Bubba, I will just give you the floor. What are your emotions on this Monday morning? Yeah, another rough one. Uh, another rough one. I guess uh, glad I didn't cash that uh, in and go to the game yesterday, I guess, because that would have been even more terrible. But, um, I, mean, I, don't, I mean, there's just so many things. I mean, McCarthy, just, just a complete mess. Just like we predicted, Zerline was actually fine, made all of his kicks, so that was one thing good. But McCarthy, just an absolute mess. I mean, I guess we probably should have known this was going to happen. I had high hopes for him when we hired him, but literally in his introductory press conference when they said, hey, Mike, you said you watched all of the previous year's tape and you analyzed every play. What do you think? And he literally said, oh, no, I just said that to get the job. I didn't really watch it. We probably (laughs) should have known something was up then when he literally just lied to get the job and he admitted it in the press conference, but we just let that go. And, you know, and it's just week in and week out, and I get to the biggest part, and he just still mismanages the game. But my biggest concern is, all right, you get rid of him, where are you going to go? Because everyone's so supposedly high on Kellen Moore. To me, he just keeps regressing. I mean, what kind of a game plan was that? I, I just don't think he's this boy wonder where he's unbelievable. Let Kellen Moore go for all I care. Get him out of here. Right? We don't need him. I Dan Quinn can be the coach. I don't even care. As far as the last play, I honestly, I guess it'll be – differing opinion i'm fine with the play call didn't really bother me i i i'm more i'd be more upset and this strictly goes back to mccarthy which like most things i'm fine with the play call because clearly what they wanted to do work but they just didn't execute because clearly they didn't practice it correctly like we've all been talking about if they did what they should have done and handed the ball to the ref got out of the way and spiked it it would have been fine but clearly you know that goes back to mccarthy i don't know how they weren't practicing it correctly they were not prepared 14-plus penalties, not prepared. It's just a joke. You know, Randy Gregory, they should have had – we're not even talking about the fact that they should have had 40 more seconds yep. on that final time because Randy Gregory holds defensively a player not even near the play. I mean, the fact it was Randy Gregory and Connor Williams' worst games as a Cowboy that picked a hell of a time for that to happen. I mean, it was just – it was just. you know, I was just thinking as a Mets fan and a Cowboys fan, between those two, I got January, February, and March are the only times where I'm not in just complete despair because we got September, and then by December and January, it just blows up as a Cowboys fan. And then it starts again in April as a Mets fan. It's just a complete disaster all year. And then September and October, something terrible happens. So – I guess I'm looking forward to three great months here. I have nothing to worry about, January, February, March, and then it starts up again where it's just a complete mess every single year. Cowboys, Mets, you know, Stephen A is right. What, what can go wrong goes wrong every single time. And you want to get rid of McCarthy? Great. I just don't see how it's going to make any difference. What, I mean, what are they going to do? If it makes you feel any better, the Mets season isn't going to start on time anyway, so you're going to have more than three months. That's true. (laughs) Baseball's not coming back for a long time. Give me an extra month. But that's – okay, so, Bubba, I hope that was cathartic and you got a little bit of that off your chest and and, and, and that made you feel a little bit better. There's so many different things to dissect. But here's the first question that I have to ask. In fact, I'm going to make this the question of the day. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Before I give all of my opinions and all the things that happened. My question is, what kind of friend are you? So I'll give you a little example of what kind of friend I am. My brother-in-law, with whom I am very close, is a native of Framingham, Massachusetts, lives and dies with the Patriots. Now, that's my arch enemy, my arch rival. I hate the Patriots, but I like my brother-in-law. So they get humiliated Saturday night. 
I call him yesterday morning. You have two different ways you can go with that. Some friends want to give you the business. They want to rub salt into the wound. The other friends want to offer a supportive, hey, how you feeling this morning? Just want to make sure you're all right. Tough loss last night. I feel for you. We've all been there. Those are the two different kinds of friends. Hembo, which of those two friends are you? Which is to say, if you had seen Bubba, first thing this morning, the two of you walk in the building, what would have been the first words out of your mouth to him? Uh, the first thing I would have done was point at him and laugh. I'm a salt <laughs> in, in the wound kind of friend. As I'm, you know, I'm sure you're not surprised to hear me say so. But can I ask you a question real quick? Sure. This, father, this brother-in-law, this was the same guy that we, we talked about, like, should we even call him on his birthday? You, you felt so badly for him about the Patriots game, you called him after that, but no, not on his birthday? We are very, not called. I, I sent him a very nice, emo, um, what do you call it, a, 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 a gif. Oh, a gif. I gift him. The mariachi band cheering happy birthday on his birthday. Same guy, right? Which I thought was a suitable birthday <laughs> gift. So, yes, that, that, is, that is correct. That's that same guy. His name is Lewis. Okay. And he had uh, his birthday, and I, I texted him a uh, mariachi band singing happy birthday. And then yesterday I called him up. He loves the Patriots. A tough law. They got, they got waxed, which is worse, losing the way the Patriots lost Saturday night or the way the Cowboys lost yesterday. As, as a fan. Well, I mean, that happened to me as an Eagles fan. It was worse what happened to me, I think. I had to, I, it's the worst kind of game when you have to mute it. Like, I had to mute the game at halftime. And th- these text messages that you're talking about, yeah. I was getting at halftime. It was so out of fan. To me, it was, I'd rather, like I said before, like, it's better to have loved and lost. It's better to have, to have felt something like Bubba got. That, that's idiotic, by the way. Let the record show. That's one of those things that we say just to make ourselves feel better. The idea that it is better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all is just stupid. It's counterintuitive. Nothing could be further from the truth. It sucks to have loved and lost. It is much better not to have. All right? That's like when they say, it's good luck if it rains on your wedding day. No, it's not. If it rains on your wedding day, that is the very definition of bad luck. They just say it's good luck to make you feel a little better about yourself. But I digress. Nuno, to you, when you first saw Bubba this morning, at whatever point the two of you, what time was it? What was the first, what was the first moment at which you and, and Bubba crossed paths today? It was around 9 o'clock. About 9 o'clock. Yep. It's about an hour and a half ago, mm-hmm. that, thereabouts. What, what were the first words out of your mouth? I actually didn't bust his chops. There was actually some uh, text messages last night going around in a different group chat, and like uh, there might have been some shots taken at. Uh, can you read those to me? What were the, what? Can you read those? What 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 comments did you make to oh, Bubba? I didn't make any. Oh, I, I was I was actually nice to Bubba, but I think he was passed out from Estella's. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I LOL'd on one of the uh, on one of the comments. Um, but like, here's the deal. It's not like his girl left him and took the dog. Like, so I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be like, "Hey, Bubba, how you doing?" I'm gonna laugh at him because he sat here and told us all year how great this team was and that they were gonna win a Super Bowl and that like it was <laughs> it was cake. So guess what, guys? If that if your team, you know, goes out this way, you deserve everything that someone says to you. Let me ask you a question, Bubba. Yeah. Would you rather have your girl leave you and take the dog or have what happened yesterday? Yeah, they, they can take the dog. Me too. I mean, I, I don't know. There are some losses that I still haven't gotten over. I mean, that was, yesterday was brutal. What is Hembo talking about? Like, yeah, that was, yesterday was horrendous. A thousand times I'd worse. I'd much rather just get blown out. Me too. 
No. I would much rather my team lose like New England did no, Saturday we, night. No, literally no game has ever ended like that. That was the only time in NFL history <laughs> yeah. correct. A, a team has lost, and it was the Cowboys in a playoff game. I agree. Why I, would you want that to happen to you? We, we have much, much more to say about that game. We'll be talking about that game all morning long, candidly. And I've got my top five takes from the rest of the NFL weekend coming up as well. We are jam-packed, and we will set aside plenty of time for your calls today. Greeny, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, Greeny with you here. Ed Werder will join us live coming up off the top of the hour. We will get his uh, perspective on what happened yesterday and, and more importantly what it might mean for Mike McCarthy and his future and everything else so we're going to get into that in a minute and I'm going to give you my five takes my green list will be my takes from the rest of the NFL weekend but there are a few things coming out of that game yesterday the Cowboy game that I want to mention because the last play swallows everything else up but there were so many other things that happened in that game that I think are worthy of mention one the Cowboys got dominated I mean thoroughly dominated Had it not been for Jimmy G throwing the traditional Garoppolo crippling interception, the Cowboys are going to lose that game something like 26 to 7. And we're having an entirely other conversation today. Their offensive line got dominated. Dak looked bad. The coaching staff did not have them ready in a million. The penalties are a a freaking outrage. I mean, that was a terrible performance top to bottom by the Cowboys. But that brings me to my next thought. Jimmy G, how do you throw that pick on a dead run into the middle of the field? I mean, just fall down. Your defense is dominating this game. The, literally in his helmet, rather than giving him the plays, right? right the coach says, you know, got 15 seconds in his helmet. The only thing Kyle Shanahan should have been saying to him was, don't turn the ball over. Whatever you do, fall down, throw it out of bounds, take a knee. <laughs> Just don't give them the ball down here because that turns the whole game around. The Cowboys got so much life out of that. You know, we keep talking about the fake punt. They didn't wind up scoring off the fake punt. The, the fake punt didn't give them the life it should have. Garoppolo did. <clears throat> so that was terrible. And that's why you can't trust him no matter what. And then the other thing is, that, and Bubba, I want your opinion on this. The Cowboys have 4th and eleven. With a minute, call it a minute 50 or whatever it was, and three timeouts left at midfield. And I said in that moment, they should punt. They should punt them down to the 10. There's no conceivable chance that the 49ers will throw a pass. You will call your three timeouts. You will get the ball back basically where you are now 
with a minute and a half left. And that I still believe that's what they should have done. Now, because it ends the way it ends, it's easy to overlook that. But what do you think of that, Bob? Of course, if you punt that and you never get the ball back, you're going to get obliterated as the coach, and I think that's why you do it. You, you, make the, you make the choice that is the easier one to defend. But in my opinion, it was the wrong call. They should have punted fourth and 11. What did you think of that, Bubba? Um, I think I'm, I'm okay with it. I think just knowing it's kind of what we had talked about going in. Like, look, this 49ers team is just going to run down your throat. They can run at will, and that's kind of what they did. So knowing you can just punt it back to them and all they really need would be one first down could end it, I think that would have just been too much of a risk. So I think in that sense, McCarthy was correctly aggressive and just continuing with it. I mean, I, I definitely know what you're saying. And p- field position-wise, it would have been much better. But I just think clearly Kyle Shanahan was just you know running laps around Dan Quinn with some of his play calling that I think it would have been too much of a risk to send it back to him. I hear that. I mean, the, the, the question is, do you think you have a better chance of converting fourth and 11 or of getting the ball back? I mean, th- that, that's what you're weighing. Yeah. And I would have decided we have a better chance of getting the ball back. But – that, that obviously doesn't wind up being the story of the game. All right, we'll be on this game all day, but let me get you five other takes. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. All right, today's Green List is very simple. It is my five top takes from the rest of the NFL weekend. Here we go. Number five. I watched Netflix during the second half of the Tampa Eagles game. Stace and I are watching the Harlan Coben Mystery Series. Stay close. And that game was so non-competitive that I actually watched an episode of it before the Cowboy game, and I will tell you why. They added seventh team to the playoffs. The Steelers and Eagles did not belong. They just were not good enough. They didn't need seven teams. Those teams were not good enough to be in the playoffs, and it showed. Those were non-competitive games. So, to me... Are you happy you got seven teams in? I don't know. That, to me, was a mistake. Having those teams in there, they did not belong on the field with the other playoff teams. Number four. That said, the bye matters. Having the seventh team meant Tampa had to play yesterday, and if they lost Tristan Wirfs for the rest of their run, they will not win. They could not afford another injury, and they suffered a bad one yesterday. Two on the offensive line. They're already banged up. That could have wound up being a terrible, could wind up having been, a terrible situation if Wirfs is seriously hurt. Number three. There's a terrible draw for Rodgers. The Packers are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. They have an enormous timing advantage. They had the bye, obviously, while San Francisco plays a road game Sunday and then turns around and plays a road game Saturday night. I mean, the Packers have every built-in advantage, but still, I think they would rather play every team in the NFC over San Francisco, and that includes Brady and the Bucks. The 49ers are a team nobody wants any part of. I do not think this broke well for Rodgers and for the Packers. Number two. Get used to the Bengals. That was their first playoff win since January of 91. There will be more. That quarterback is sensational. Jamar Chase is unbelievable. They got a ton of good young talent on that team. Get used to the Bengals. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. Number one. But number one is, however good I thought Josh Allen was, he's better. What a performance. That was a sense against Bill Belichick's defense with all that talent on it and everything else. They played him. He played them twice in a month. He put up 752 yards of offense, eight touchdowns, zero turnovers. They scored on every drive in which they did not kneel the clock out. Josh Allen was the best player in the NFL this weekend. 
We continue in a moment on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.